Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to Brave the Wild with me, your host, pal, Gino Joey, or Joey Awajan? Brave the Wild is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps. And, of course, the Hockey Podcast Network. Very, very, very proud to be a part of that. And we are sponsored by DraftKings. Unfortunately, Raycon is is no more, at least for now. Hopefully we get them back again soon. Like, please, Raycon, come back. I am a fan. I'm not just making it up to <laughs> just because it's an ad or whatever. No, I, I'm a fan. I like Raycon, so... It just kind of happened to be <laughs> happened to be a nice uh, combination with the the Hockey Podcast Network. Otherwise, I thank you once and always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. The Minnesota Wild continue to play well. They're in second place somehow, some way, because everything is so tight. And actually, you know, the fact that the Wild have been playing extremely well lately, thanks to guys like uh, Philip Gustafson and, of course, uh, Kaprizov, being pretty much the only goal scorer, and somehow, some way, I magically picked a hat trick. Talk about a parlay there for DraftKings <laughs> against the Columbus Blue Jackets last week. The Minnesota Mild meet Lofit in the last three games, two and one. Awesome week. Minnesota Wild continued to play well and even got a point versus Toronto. So five out of six points. That's why the Minnesota Wild are in second place. Unfortunately, breathing down our backs right now, breathing down our neck, breathing down our back is the Colorado Avalanche and they're two games behind. And this with uh, Kale McCarr and Landeskog on IR. Kale McCarr hasn't played a single game this year either, by the way. Or excuse me, Kale McCarr. Uh, Landeskog has not played a single game this year. So my apologies for that. Um... Colorado, one point behind. So, obviously, no time to relax. Luckily, Calgary is quite a bit behind if you're thinking of missing the playoffs somehow, some way. So, the Wilds' chances of making the playoffs significantly better than they were a mere week ago, and especially about two weeks ago when the Wilds were really struggling. We were actually out. So, it's amazing how things can change quickly, believe it or not. Sometimes you're in a situation like, say, if if you get behind, it's almost impossible to catch up. So, Calgary probably not going to catch up and might see a coaching change there as positive as things looked last year when Sutter got there. doesn't look so good now, unfortunately. It's too bad. Some, sometimes it's just, I don't know, maybe a guy's too old school. And 
in the video game world, I guess that would be me. I'm too old school for a lot of you. <laughs> Not everyone, certainly. Vegas Golden Knights continue to remain in first place, this and that. So this, this week's show is going to be similar to last week's show, where I'm going to be a bit more uh, topical, per se. And, of course, all the different trades and all that. It's fun to just get into trade deadline. Though, again, a very positive week for the Wild. Uh, Gustafson has been incredible in the net. We'll jump on the games for sure. A frustrating 2-1 to loss in OT at Toronto, but the fact you got a point out of it does make you feel pretty good. And it's just amazing to see both teams are second-place clubs, Toronto and Minnesota. Though uh, Toronto probably considered a significantly better team at the moment, but two great goalies, two like a pitcher's duel. Seems like that's how it is every time Philip Gustafson's in net as the Wild have a hard time scoring for the most part, and Gustafson's just been unbelievable. Um... He's been an ace, no doubt about it. Brandon Duhame, another goal. Nothing pretty or anything. Got a deflection off of a defender and into the back of the net past Samsonov. Otherwise, the Wild might have been shut out in the game. So, scary thought there. Against this elite offense, though, for Philip Gustafson to stop the 24 shots he faced. But also the fact the Wild kept Toronto to 24 shots on that. That deserves uh, recognition. Very, very nice. Uh, guys like Boldy... Continuing to be invisible. Greenway, what a big shocker. Though he would actually get an assist this week on Ryan Reeves' goal, which was, yeah, one of the, one of the more entertaining goals, no doubt about it. <laughs> looked, like a, looked like he was playing badminton or tennis, but hey, it worked. And the patience, that's what made it feel more like badminton. But of course, when you're watching it in slow motion, that's when it looks like badminton. Uh, Galagasi continues to play. Um, good for him, but of course, that's because John Merrill is out. Adam Beckman continues to be scratched. Sam Steele, of course, hasn't played in a long time because he wasn't doing very well. Dakota Mermis did well in the time he was out there, but generally speaking, I know, and a lot of people would probably rather see him than Golikowski, but if John Merrill's not available at times, then it is what it is, or someone else is not available. That's just how it goes. Uh, former Minnesota Wild Jordy Ben on the Toronto, in the Toronto press box, so to speak. The scratch box, the press box, blah bitty blah Mason Shaw continuing to get action on that entertaining, solid fourth line. And Brennan Deham again, <laughs> getting <laughs> getting a goal off of the defender and off the back of the goalie. Basically, they're behind the back of Samsonov. has been an incredible goalie for the Toronto uh, Maple Leafs. <sighs> Ryan O'Reilly's been a nice addition, but luckily for the Wild, we were able to shut them down pretty nicely and squeak a point out in the game. Now let's try to move forward if humanly possible. See, the less I babble, the better for everybody. I, I have to stay in the more more topical conversations. And, of course, you know, if I get the heck moving as well because the clock's ticking in my world, unfortunately. Minnesota Wild started off flat versus the Columbus Blue Jackets, unfortunately, and they score. They take a 2-0 lead by midway through the game or so. Did the Blue Jackets, which was, you know, obviously quite frustrating. You just felt annoyed watching the game. Like, why are we losing 2-0 to the Columbus Blue Jackets? Fleury, actually, again, Fleury in this role of playing maybe one every two uh, two or three games versus, you know, he, he's the one with the advantage, per se, like two out of one, two out of three, pardon me, two and one, two, one, two, one. Uh, he seems to be playing better now that he's more of the, uh, like a, a backup that plays regularly. I think that's a perfect role for Marc-Andre Fleury in this current situation. And Elvis was in the building which a lot of us thought, okay, let's start scoring some goals. The Wild put 44 shots on that against Elvis. Again, I'll just call him Elvis. The last name's a little bit tougher to pronounce. It's not quite Presley or anything. Okay, Merzlikens. That wasn't too hard, but I probably mispronounced it royally. Mispronounced it. But he's a very forgettable player, unfortunately. And, yeah, I've had him on fantasy in the past, and it was like, 
Okay, four goals, that's great. <laughs> well, <laughs> he only would give up three in this one, and it took overtime to get to the third goal. But that's when Kirill Kaprizov, during the course of the game, said, enough's enough, let's get this done. And also, Dean Evison continued to say, hey, you know, we're leaving you out there because, you you know, you're the one getting it done for us. Uh, the wild power play, outstanding again. And the wild penalty kill has been absolutely great. Uh, deeply appreciate what they've been able to accomplish during the past several games. It has been incredible where the Wilds' penalty kill has dropped to... Let's see, I'll catch up with that in a little bit. Um, probably in the previews. I don't know why I clicked on these buttons here. I apologize. I'm just messing myself up here. So, But uh, generally speaking, Kirill Kaprizov getting the job done when it matters, getting aggressive, attacking that net. He had eight shots total. Several shots that, I mean, obviously he even blocked some shots in the game. Uh, several shots on net. Wound up with a hat trick, as I did predict. As Again, the wild down by two. Uh, <laughs> Kirill Kaprizov gets actually eight shots on goal. Eight shots on goal, but um, obviously more shots that didn't, didn't count, unfortunately, because they weren't on net. Obviously either blocked or missed or whatever. So a total of 13 shots attempted. Um, but again, an absolutely dominant performance. Highlight level goals, like just the release on his shot. Again, so beautiful. One of them off of the uh, the face-off. That's the one that tied the game up. The first one was just, again, kind of grind it out, you know, getting close to the net, you know, that, that four-check four and all that, attacking the net and scoring at the end of the day. But the second one was just a quick release off of the face-off, which was so awesome. And the Wild ended up scoring the goal. Jules Eriksenek, quick release off the shot, you know, of the face-off. It was like a split second. A couple of tic-tac-toe plays there for the puck to be released. With six minutes remaining, tying it up, getting one past Elvis. Again, crazy that the Wild were able to get that many shots on that against Elvis. He actually had a pretty respectable game, to be quite fair. And it's not like he's a bad goalie. He's just having a bad season, I'd have to say. And the play in front of him hasn't been good. They're completely selling off in Columbus. Nashville's definitely selling. Chicago, well, they traded... Patrick Kane, I believe Jonathan Taves is still there at the moment, and at the time I'm recording this on a typical Thursday, the uh, trade deadline has not ended yet, so, <laughs> not, you know, we'll, we'll talk about any other trades that could happen between now and then, though I think a lot of the ammunition is long gone, unfortunately. We'll, we'll see, though. The Minnesota Wilds still have some trade ships that we may end up moving in the next uh, few hours or so, like another day, but... The highlight of the game absolutely was the overtime goal. Not just because it was the game winner, not just because it was Kirill Kaprizov, but because it was the best goal of the game by far. Uh, the way Zuccarillo kind of quietly came into the zone, it was so it was so cool. Just kind of with just a few seconds remaining in overtime, it was about what thirty seconds or so. Ends up getting the puck to Addison, who then slid it to Kaprizov. Perfect timing. Who Addison? It looked like he was going to put a shot because he was just one on one with Elvis, and next thing you know, there's Kaprizov all by himself, beautiful play, Kaprizov ends up scoring, and it was just perfectly timed, because Kaprizov wasn't going to be open for long, it was just a split second, and he was able to finish for his 32nd goal, of 37th goal of the season, I'm going crazy today, and I apologize, um, a, lot, a lot going on behind the scenes, hopefully it's good <laughs> at the end, um, 37 goals though for Kirill Kaprizov, getting that natural hat trick, where it's 1-2-3, leads the Wild to a comeback victory over the Columbus Blue Jackets. And it's not going to hurt us giving up a point to the Columbus Blue Jackets because they're in the Eastern Conference and they're not going to make the playoffs. We were just in a giving mood. That's why we went down 2 nothing, and that's why we just kind of took our time to score and win the game. But, yeah, but ultimately, 
<laughs> no, it's actually the fact that this offense has vanished off the face of the earth for the most part. Uh, despite the fact our power play is still very respectable, to be quite fair. Seventh in the NHL, eighth in the penalty kill, because we continue to stop everything on the penalty kill, which was one of the worst in the NHL. In fact, it was the worst for a stretch early in the season. But the goals for stat continues to drop. The Wild are now 25th in goals for 170. Uh, goals against 7th because, again, Philip Gustafson just continues to get better and better and better and better and better. 2.06 goals against average. That's number 2 in the league. He might be a Veneza candidate. He really might. Um, only one shutout. Again, that shows the consistency of Philip Gustafson. It's not like high-low type of stuff where, wow, he got a shutout. He faced, you know, 40 shots against Toronto. Man, that was unbelievable. And then the next game, he gives up 3 goals, 4 goals against the St. Louis Blues. You know, that type of thing. Save percentage of 93. 93. 93. I said it again, okay? <clears throat> that is absolutely insane. Um, his win-loss record, his overall statistics since November have been off the freaking charts. I probably shouldn't have done what I just did, but I did it. Because I could mess things up, but that's how it goes. I'll have to fix it later. <laughs> um, since... Yeah, since, yeah, since, since, literally since November. His goals against average has been under two. A crappy start in just three games uh, in October. But since then, it's been under two goals a game. Uh, save percentage right about 93.3 or so. Only one shutout again, but the win-loss record is like 16. My God, <laughs> 16 and 5. And it's, <laughs> who would you rather have in the postseason? Philip Gustafson or Marc-Andre Fleury? It's, it's no disrespect, but it's like common sense. Um, obviously, like other people in the media have been saying this, this and that, but I mean, I've been saying it too. Let's just be fair. I've been saying it too. You can't just beat me up for like, you know, like I've, it's, it's, it's not about if I'm copying anybody or anything. That's for darn sure. It's certainly a fact, uh, that eventually common sense has to win out where you can respect Marc-Andre Fleury till you're blue in the face. But what did the Pittsburgh Penguins do? Marc-Andre Fleury was a hell of a lot younger at the time. Well-respected, you know, already looked on as one of the greater goalies uh, of the generation. But then Matt Murray was the better goalie. And the Penguins went on to win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> I mean, they, they went on to win the Stanley Cup. It was that simple. Um, so it kind of was what it was. Ultimately, Marc-Andre Fleury became, yeah, they won two Stanley Cups. Marc-Andre Fleury with Matt Murray as the main goalie, by the way. Um, Marc-Andre Fleury went on to the Vegas Golden Knights, taking them to the Cup Finals, but... At the end of the day, couldn't stop the Capitals, unfortunately, and neither could the rest of the team. The Capitals just kind of were on a mission that year, unfortunately. I would have much rather seen Vegas win and Fleury get that cup as, <laughs> with the Vegas Golden Knights, but it just wasn't meant to be. Um, again, he was also a bit younger at the time. Eventually, it just kind of is what it is, and there's nothing wrong with an older guy like Marc-Andre Fleury being a backup, being a good, respectable backup. Even Mike Vernon, who won the Stanley Cup with Calgary, was a pretty damn good backup at times uh, later on in his career. He was a damn good backup. So, eventually the time was up and it was time to retire for my, uh, Mike Vernon. Absolutely loved what he could do for so long with Calgary and other clubs, obviously, along the way. Funny to think he was a member of the Minnesota Wild for a short time, a very short stretch, um, uh, during the expansion draft, and then wound up back with Calgary again in a trade. I can't remember who the Wild traded for in that one. I, gosh, shoot. I, but obviously it's so long ago and I haven't looked at it since back, basically back then. So it is what it is. I think it was a player that actually was on the wild for a time. So it's nothing too crazy to imagine, I suppose. Um, but 
amazing run again by Philip Gustafson. I, I don't even know why I'm even getting into Gustafson at the moment because I didn't even talk about the New York Islanders game yet. That's where he really shined even brighter than anything else. But in a lot of ways, see, like DeHame. DeHame's miracle, basically miracle bounce, magic bullet goal uh, doesn't happen. The Wild gets shut out versus Toronto. Uh, Ryan Reeves doesn't have that beautiful uh, <laughs> badminton-like goal. It was like badminton because you're waiting for the puck to come down. Again, in slow motion video, it's probably, it was a little bit faster in, in real life and in real time, so to speak. But still, he had to wait, which is what, again, showed his uh, experience and all that. Had to wait. Obviously, he scores on the high stick. It's not going to be a goal. And the Wild possibly gets shut out again, one way or another. Maybe we win in a shootout. <laughs> After a goose egg to goose egg, you win one nothing in a shootout, which wasn't a natural goal. Um... But it was a nice one, and it was nice to see Greenway finally get an assist, which is like his first in like 500 years. Pathetic numbers uh, by Jordan Greenway coming into the New York game. Just staggering. One assist in 23 games. 23, and did you notice I didn't say anything about goals? I, I, I don't even understand how that can happen. How January 7th, he got an assist, Jordan Greenway. January 7th, he got an assist versus the Buffalo Sabres in a 5-6 to six loss. And then it's just zero, 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 zero. He got an assist on February 28th. He did it. He did it. Miracles happen. Yeah, well, he got an assist on February 28th. Marco Rossi, as we can call him now, hopefully, I'm guessing people are going to stop with saying it as Rossi soon, but we'll see. Maybe we won't. Maybe it'll be just like Granlin instead of Gronlin. Who knows? But we'll find out sooner or later. But Marco Rossi and his one assist in 16 games, obviously frustrating, but it's the beginning of his career. It's just funny how it's like, you know, yet Greenway's still here, this and that. We'll see if he gets traded. We'll see if we get a seventh-round pick for him. I don't know. I, I think you could get a fifth, honestly. The Sharks do have interest. And, <laughs> and during the weekend, sometimes my mind just stops because I start focusing on other things like DoorDash, believe it or not. Yes, not... Not, nothing super fun, but nothing super bad either. It's not like bad. It's it's easy money sometimes. <laughs> but um, so I, I was listening to the show rather than like necessarily paying attention to uh, updates and such. But I first heard it on the Crease and Assist show, Derek Felska and uh, Kalisha Townsell talking about the Sharks having interest in Jordan Greenway. And that made me smile ear to ear. And I had a comment on their show. So definitely check that out. <laughs> <laughs> that show, the, the show where they're going to mention my questions hasn't come out yet, at least that question. But yeah, not that it's about me, it's about them. It's an awesome show. And because it's definitely not about me, no. Um, an awesome show. And them talking about the Sharks having interest in Jordan Greenway, they're like, like for what? For like a seventh round pick or something? It was kind of like that, but hey, it's like an opportunity. Hopefully the Sharks are interested. Hopefully the Sharks do acquire. Jordan Greenway. It's an interesting situation in San Jose. Um, Eric Carlson hasn't been traded yet. He is having an insane season. After a few mediocre, you know, oft-injured years, and then he finally was able to stay healthy. And last year, Eric Carlson started showing signs like, oh, he's starting to look like Eric Carlson again, but maybe a little bit lesser version. He's getting older now, and he's had so many injuries, and then this year he's having like a, you know, better than Brent Burns type of season. That was the original uh, vision with San Jose to have two elite defensemen, but I don't know, a lot of the other guys had gotten old and all that, and they weren't the Stanley Cup final type of team they were before, unfortunately. In fact, not even close. And the goaltending stunk, too. And it still stinks, unfortunately. Um, 
So that trade, obviously, there hasn't been a Eric Carlson trade yet. So the Ottawa Senators made a trade, and unfortunately it wasn't for Matt Dumba. It was for another defenseman. We'll talk about that in a minute. But now that I've been babbling, actually probably even more than normal, but it is kind of topical conversation. Uh, New York Islanders again. The Minnesota Wild able to get the job done. Incredible goaltending by Philip Gustafson off and on throughout the game. Another game where it was a pitcher's duel, but this was definitely Gustafson's best game of the season, and even, you know, you even heard that from the coach, and I don't think there's any doubt about it. You also heard that uh, Kirill Kaprizov had his best game of the season um, in Columbus, or versus Columbus, pardon me. But a very entertaining um, game versus the New York Islanders in terms of, like, just great goaltending. Not entertaining in terms of offense and scoring. Horvat, incredible in the center circle. He won 14 out of 17 faceoffs. That's absolutely sick. Wild could use something of that. That would help with the puck possession, possibly. Zach Parisi looking for a little revenge, but he also often got a ton of shots on goal in the past. Anyway, he had eight shots on goal in the game. Zach Parisi, remember that guy with the New York Islanders playing third line? Had his moments, but ultimately the Wild end up keeping the New York Islanders at bay for the most part, other than Josh Bailey's goal in the game. The Wild end up uh, surviving in the shootout, and Freddie Goudreau again, a hero in that one. Uh, Freddie Goudreau was more of the uh, a, a goat, not the goat, a goat versus Columbus. There's two, there's a big difference. Greatest of all time or goat, like you blew it, versus uh, Toronto with the turnover that led to the overtime goal by uh, Nylander. So, <clears throat> that's just how that goes, unfortunately. But Goudreau is like about as valuable on the in the shootout as there is in all of hockey. He's been insanely clutch. And Gustafson has been incredible after that one crappy shootout a few weeks back where he gave up three goals. This uh, last few, he hasn't given up one knock on wood. So keep it up, Gustafson. He's now good at everything and hope he continues to be. He's been outstanding. We'll see how much money he ends up getting in the offseason. And hopefully the Wild are able to keep him long term. I would love that. Just signing Philip Gustafson long term is not a stupid thing. It's actually a good thing. Okay, so I better keep moving. Um, I was going to go over the trades. The really quickly Mike Madonna award winner is Philip Gustafson. Strong honorable mention to Kirill Kaprizov, but Gustafson I thought was, you know, he is he is saving the day. But I, I, obviously you could give it to both of them, and I think I will. I think I will. I'll, I'll give it to both of them, Kirill Kaprizov and Philip Gustafson. It's their show. It's their show, and there's just no doubt. So, yep, Nino Niederreiter did get traded. I thought so. The Predators are literally unloading everybody. Everybody. It's kind of funny. Um, the James Shepard Memorial. Eh, you know. <laughs> Kalagoski. I don't know. It's it's definitely not flurry or anything crazy like that. And Greenway finally scored an assist, but I don't know. <laughs> Dumba, invisible as always, even though he's been playing significantly better, but generally invisible. Uh, Felino has been invisible, and I'm frustrated with him as well. <clears throat> Might have made a nice trade ship. Me and Derek off the mic were talking about that. But, um, yeah, I mean, he was talking about how, yeah, power forwards are selling really high right now. And guys like Greenway and Felino are having such terrible seasons are killing any chance of the Wild being able to make a trade, pretty much, to get anything uh, and capitalize on that, uh, you know, the, the power forward craze that's going on. Oh, it's a pain. So we'll go over the trades real quick. The other trades, and of course the Wild did get good stuff. Uh, Nyquist, Marcus Johansson. I'm surprised I didn't even talk about that at the beginning, so I apologize. Let's talk about them first right now. Marcus Johansson coming to the Minnesota Wild. I'm not exactly sure why. I'm not exactly sure why. It's for a third-round pick in 2024. Not 2023, 2024. <clears throat> Most likely will be playing 
in the upcoming game here for sure. Um, he's played center in the past, but he'll, he'll be left wing. Uh, there's like two possible lines he could be on. Obviously, it's, it's middle six. He could be with uh, Julia Zanek and Matt Boldy. Otherwise, uh, Goudreau and Greenway. But I think it's going to be, yeah, Felino's going to stay where he is with Goudreau and Greenway. Uh, he's kind of been on, he, Felino's kind of been interchangeable there, but more than likely, I would think Marcus Johansson's more of an offensive player. He'd be with Eric Tenek and Matt Boldy. Hopefully he can get something going in that situation. That's probably the way to go and have Felino on that third line with Goudreau. It's not like Felino's scoring or anything, so let's not kid ourselves about that. Uh, Duhame's seen time on that third line as well with Goodrow and Greenway, but generally he can be on the fourth line with Dewar and Reeves. Obviously, things have been shoveled around because Mason Shaw, so that's where Duhame goes down to the fourth line, and Shaw ends up possibly getting scratched for Marcus Johansson at the time being. So, at least Marcus Johansson's healthy and he's able to play. Gustav Nyquist, unfortunately, is not. Not complaining about Gustav Nyquist, though. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful player. Man, I'm old. Man, we're all old. <laughs> Any of us that remember the 2002 Gophers. Gustav Nyquist is a veteran in his 30s. Remember when the Gophers beat the 2002 Maine? Uh, they, they beat Maine in 2002 to win the national title. Gustav Nyquist played for the University of Maine from uh, 2008 to 2011. 2011. That is absolutely crazy. <laughs> all those years after. And he's in his 30s. He's 33. But wonderful career with the Detroit Red Wings. Generally speaking, lots of talents. Left wing shoots left. Yep, they pretty much. That's pretty much half of the NHL. <laughs> Played a short stretch with the Sharks after a trade in 2019, and the last few years with the Columbus Blue Jackets. He's like a 48, 50 point type of guy, you know, when he's at his best. But unfortunately, he's had a shoulder injury. But he's definitely got. Uh, he, he he wishes so much he could play right now. And there's an article by Michael Russo out there that talks about that, and I'm sure he does. He's a competitive guy, and his goal is to be back before. The postseason before the postseason, so all of us hoping to see Marco Rossi, Sammy Walker, uh, Adam Beckman. The problem is, it's like this kind of basically like ends it. Unfortunately, uh, chances of seeing them the rest of the season now that we've gotten two uh, wingers up here to possibly help the Wild into the postseason, unless Marcus Johansson is anything like he was last time he was here, which is a huge disappointment. Nyquist is the better player, but obviously injured, so he it's a much shorter rental. Unless uh, the Wild are able to fall in love with him and able to sign him somehow by some miracle in the offseason. It's unlikely he'll play after the playoffs, but with the Wild. But a heck of a player throughout his career, obviously. Um, great passer, great passing skills. He's, he, he'll get about 30 assists a season. And, you know, basically, if you were just to kind of put Gustav Nyquist like, uh, at about what he pretty much is, about 20 goals, you know, well, approximately 20. 18 to 20 goals, 15 to 20 goals. And 28 to 33 assists. Like, so somewhere around 50-point type of guy. Not a stud, but a definitely, definitely a second-line type of a skill player. Nice skill set. He was a fourth-round pick by the Detroit Red Wings way back in 2008 as he went to the University of Maine. But had a nice career there. He He's kind of all or nothing sometimes with health, but uh, then again, I mean, he's, he's had some seasons where he played all 82 games. He's had a, at least four of those. So good for him. But then he'd have years with seven, 70 games. And this year he's played in 48 so far and 22 points. Numbers definitely down. But I don't know. It's a weird season. Unfortunately, Columbus has just been pitiful. They were pretty good the last couple of years. And now not at all. They're, they're just done and restarting, unfortunately. 
And Detroit wasn't good the most of the time he was there, unfortunately. They were already kind of moving into the doldrums of the NHL at that stage by the time uh, uh, Nyquist became more of a regular. They were still kind of hanging around, but a lot of the players that won cups or whatever were long gone, including the most recent one in 2009. Uh, eight, pardon me. That was that was when the uh, Detroit Red Wings drafted him. was the year they won the cup, so kind of funny. That's how long it's been, but I'm not really missing Detroit winning the Stanley Cup or anything because they won four of them, right? So <laughs> they won four of them in, in most of our lifetime. Before that, it was way back in like the 40s and 50s when they were winning the Cup. So, yeah, one of the original six clubs. Gustav Nyquist, again, nice player, obviously. Happy to have him. Certainly not complaining. Uh, Marcus Johansson did not play well when he was with Minnesota a few years ago uh, and then had the, the broken arm and all that. That was frustrating. Uh, only 36 games and 14 points. Six goals, eight assists. And he was mediocre at best when he was healthy. Um, half a point a game guy with Buffalo the year before. So a lot of us kind of had a sneaky feeling he was going to be disappointing. He, he was really influential with the 2017 Washington Capitals. Incredible playoff run for them. But since then, he's just dropped off the face of the earth. Uh, did have 58 points that year as well in 82 games. Played the whole season, but was even better in the playoffs. It's like he stepped up and was great. Back with Washington, recently in the wild, traded a 2024 third-round pick for him. Uh, Fifth-round pick for Gustav Nyquist. Anyhow, let's go to the trades, now that I'm prolonging this even more. February 25th, Kincaid, that's the goalie. Keith Kincaid was uh, traded from the Bruins to the Avalanche. All right, first uh, forward Shane Bowers, moving quickly. Uh, Vancouver acquired... uh, Crossed off from the New York Rangers in exchange for William Lockwood in a seventh-round pick in the 2026 draft. I'll try to move quickly. Maybe more notable ones here. Um, notable because he's very familiar with us, and he had a playoff-winning goal. Nino Niederreiter from the uh, Nashville Predators in exchange for... Yep, he's going to the Winnipeg Jets. Interesting. In exchange for a second-round pick in the 24 draft. They got a second-round pick for Nino Niederreiter, who hasn't even had that good of a season. A second-round pick for Nino Niederreiter. Huh, next year's draft, though, but still. Interesting. Interesting. That's... Yeah, but I'm going to try to move fairly quickly. Yeah, here's a huge one. Uh, Timo Meyer is going to the New Jersey Devils. And uh, Timor... Yeah, uh, Timo Meyer and Timor Ibrahimov, defenseman Scott Harrington, and... Jeez, Sateri... Hataka... <laughs> Zachary Edmund or M. Emmond, and a fifth-round pick in the 24 draft from the San Jose Sharks in exchange for forwards uh, Fabian Zetterland, Andres Johnson, defenseman Shakir, yeah, Shakir, Shakir Makamudulin, Nikita Otuk, and a conditional first-round pick in the 2023 NHL draft, a conditional second-round pick in 2024, and a seventh-round pick in 2024. Mayor traded from the Devils, uh, from to the Devils from the Sharks. Yep, Nashville's just unloading. Yep, Janot for Cal Foote, the son of uh, Adam Foote. Interesting there. So, yep, it's the kind of a lightning there. Radcliffe traded by Predators, uh, or two Predators by Flyers. Yeah, Predators are just trade, 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 trade. They made like 100 trades. Um, Toronto Maple Leafs, they're getting the Blackhawks trading plot. Jake McCabe to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yep. So there you go. 
Yep, Johansson traded the Wild. Yeah, woohoo. <laughs> but it's okay, I guess. Um, where's the other ones? Rasmus Sundin to Toronto, or from the Toronto Maple Leafs in exchange for Eric Gustafson and a first-round pick in the 2023 draft. Sundin traded by Maple Leafs to Capitals for Gustafson. Okay. Yep, here's another one. Luke Shen. The Toronto Maple Leafs acquired defenseman Luke Shen from the Vancouver Canucks. Interesting one there. In exchange for a third-round pick in the 2023 draft. Not overly expensive. Eckholm has been a mainstay with the uh, National Predators forever. And a few years ago, he was just unbelievable. He was unbelievable a few years ago. Edmonton Oilers acquired Mattias uh, Eckholm. That's actually kind of cool. And a sixth-round pick in 2024 NHL draft. From the National Predators in exchange for Tyson Berry. Okay. Forward uh, Reed Schaefer in a first-round pick in 2023 uh, 2023 draft and a fourth-round pick in the 2024 draft. Nyquist traded to the Wild, fifth-round pick in 2023, heading to the Blue Jackets. That was the fifth-round pick we acquired from Boston last week. So, okay. Uh, Patrick Kane going to the New York Rangers. Patrick Kane is going to the New York Rangers. Defenseman Cooper Zach from the Blackhawks and a three-team. Yep, yeah, he's also going there. Three-team trade that included the Arizona Coyotes, who may have facilitated this one. The Blackhawks received Andrew, uh, Andy Wilinski, a conditional second-round pick in the 23 NHL draft, a fourth-round pick in 2025 from the Rangers, and defenseman Vili Sariovi from the Coyotes. Coyotes also acquired a third-round pick in the 25 NHL draft. Interesting. Jonathan Quick traded to the Blue Jackets. I'm sure he's real happy about that. After all those years with L.A., traded to the Blue Jackets. What the heck? Uh, with the first-round pick also headed uh, to the, uh, to the uh, Blue Jackets in exchange for a defenseman Vladislav Gavrinkov and goalie Jonas Corpusello, pardon me, I, I know who that is. Yeah, he played against us just recently, obviously. He's a pretty decent goalie. Um, pretty decent goalie, heading to the Kings to help there in the goaltending situation. Understandable, because, yeah, Quick definitely took a step down this year. It's probably his last year in the NHL. Um, hopefully he was okay with that move. Carolina acquired uh, Gats, Gats Beher from the Arizona Coyotes in exchange for a third-round pick. Nice. Jacob Shikrin, that's the big one. The Ottawa Senators acquire Jacob Shikrin. Ottawa Senators acquire, acquire Jacob Shikrin in exchange for a first-round pick in 2023, a second-round pick in 2024, and a second-round pick in 2026. So all basically draft picks for Jacob Shikrin, which was not cheap. First, second, and two, two second-round picks. A first-round pick and two seconds. Interesting. Those are futures, though, when it comes to picks. Uh, the first round is this year. And, um, yep, nice for Arizona to get more picks. Nice move for Ottawa, though. Interesting. And, unfortunately, the chances of the Wild trading Matt Dumba to Ottawa now have definitely dropping off because Chikrin's in a heck of a lot better place right now. Um, any more super notable ones? Yep, Mikhail Gronlin traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins from the Predators for a second-round pick in 23. Uh, Bertuzzi happened just this morning to the Bruins by the Red Wings. Tyler Bertuzzi, which some people thought the Wild might try to get him, but I don't know. Conditional first-round pick in 24 and fourth-round pick in 25. So there you go. That uh, Tyler Bertuzzi on his way. Who the Bruins are just got better. Patrick Kane 
and the New York Rangers just got a heck of a lot better. So with that, that's the end of the first segment. I apologize if it was a bit long, and I'll try to make the previews much more brief in the next segment. preview and prospects segment but first we're going to hear from DraftKings right here right now NBA fans that's right NBA fans it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA this week new customers can bet five dollars and win two hundred dollars in free bets instantly plus for a limited time all new and existing customers can get a no sweat same game parlay every day Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. So, if you're betting on the Timberwolves, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe it's not a good idea. But cause <laughs> put, put it this way. If the Timberwolves are playing an opponent that is not good, probably pick the opponent and you might win the game. But uh, maybe Anthony Edwards will get 30 points. That'll be your parlay. <laughs> Anthony Edwards, if you're betting on the Timberwolves locally here, otherwise... I don't know, just bet, bet the Celtics until the uh, until the uh, casino's out of paper, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, Boston Celtics look like the best team, just like in the NHL, Boston Bruins. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. That's the Hockey Podcast Network. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply void in Ohio. See show notes for details. And sorry, Columbus Blue Jackets fans and Calgary, no Calgary, and uh, Cleveland Cavaliers fans who are playing pretty well this year. Kevin Love to the uh, Miami Heat recently. Interesting. Vancouver can schmucks, and they are the schmucks. 31st in goals. They are not good in goals. They're just not. They're the second worst team in goals. There are, believe it or not, 32 teams in the NHL, but they're a 10th in goals four. So they actually score goals, but wow. Goals against 31st. 31st in goals against. 30. Yeah, they stuck in the, in the net really bad. Spencer Martin is their top goaltender. 3.99 goals against average. Thatcher Demko, 3.93 goals against average. 4 and 10 on the season. 16 games so far. Spencer Martin, 27 games started, 11 and 15, actually kind of mediocre. Save percentage, 87 for Spencer Martin. Thatcher Demko, 88.4. You guys better win this game. Um, somebody named Colin Delaya, though, goals against average of 3.51. What do you think of that? That's a hell of a lot better, right? Half a goal a game less? That's right. No shutouts, though. 7 and 4 on the season. 7 and 4 on the season. All that while Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes are dominating and probably thinking, okay, okay, <laughs> let's, uh, okay, I mean, I, I get what you guys are doing, but hello, we're still here, like, hello, <laughs> hopefully you got some plan here, hopefully, hopefully they have a plan, hopefully, <laughs> still got Miller and all them, though, obviously, there's a lot of talent offensively, a lot, but, boy, defensively and goaltending, 
Yowzers. Yowzer, yowzer. That's all we got to say about that. The Wild need to win the game. Thursday, March the 2nd. That sounds familiar. On the road, which is a good thing for me because I like the later games. I do. I know I'm in the minority, but I don't care. I will very happily, uh, I will very happily keep my stance, at least for now, that I like these West Coast games. Of course, that might change if uh, something something good happens soon. We'll see. We'll see. It's job-related. We shall see. Nyquist again hopes to return by the end of the regular season. That's good stuff. Jonas Brodine plays an injury reserve as of the 23rd of February for Vancouver. Well, JT Miller's week to week at the end of as of the end of February, unfortunately. Um, Hronek left the game on February 28th upper body. Ethan Bear is on Ethan Bear. <laughs> He's the bear of a guy. He's on the injured reserve. Uh, Minnesota is they're kind of like the opposite of us and a worse version of it, basically, is what Vancouver is. They score a lot of goals. They're 10th in the league. The Wild are 25th. The Wild are 7th in stopping goals. Vancouver 31st, which has had 60 times already. Sorry. Um, power play, the Wild are 7th. Vancouver's 11th. Penalty kills 9th. I'll say so. Apparently, yeah, our, our three-handed penalty kill is 9th now. And Vancouver is bottom of the barrel when it comes to the penalty kill at 32nd. Only 66.7 goals, uh, excuse me, in stopping the penalty kill. Penalty minutes, Wild are 29th. Vancouver's 18th. 18th. Minnesota is 2-0 against Vancouver this year. We've already won the season series. Let's try to sweep it. Two home games for Vancouver, one for us, of course. 4-3 to three win in OT way back on October the 20th when we were, like, you know, gasping for wins at the time because we started terribly. Um, and then a 3 nothing shutout on December the 10th. Cool. Uh, I forget which goalie that was. Probably Flurry because I know he has two. Nope, it was Gustafson. It was Gustafson's lone shutout this season. So Spencer Martin gave up three goals in the game. Cool, that's what it was. Okay, it's just been a while, so please forgive me. Don't hate me too much for that one. The Middle of the Wild had no scratches at the time. Interesting. But uh, we'll move past that very quickly. The Wild need to win and should win and will win the game versus the Vancouver Canucks. 4-1. to one. Wild went 4-1 to one over the... No, they're not going to win 4-1. to one. Might be 4-3 to because it's a great offense. Might be one of those again. Um, four to three, four to two, three to two win, three to two win, depending on how things go. Three to two win, wild win. Uh, most likely guy to score for Minnesota. Kalen Addison's going to get a rare goal, and it's going to be against the Vancouver Canucks. Hopefully, Kalen Addison get that. Obviously, he's more of an assist guy. Sam Steele was playing good at the time, and Connor DeWer was playing super well at the time, getting one of his shorthanded goals. And Matt Boldy had a power play goal in the game. So a lot of interesting anomalies there including Gustafson, who only who had his only shutout on the season, despite the fact he's like, you know, uh, as a candidate, there's no doubt. Now I play the Calgary Flames twice. One of my favorite teams in the league, of course. Calgary, they're, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I've always been a Calgary fan. Uh, in Brit uh, not British Columbia, that was Vancouver. Now we're in Alberta on Saturday. Nine o'clock again, nine o'clock, Saturday night. Fun, fun. I love, especially Saturday night, you get a nine o'clock game. I like that a hell of a lot better than 1 o'clock on Saturday. It's like, come on, you think I got nothing better to do at 1 o'clock but 9 o'clock? Yeah, now we're talking. Sit down and have a brewski watching the game at 9 o'clock. Hey, nothing like that. It is the most relaxing, fun thing there is. I mean, I love that. <laughs> oh, I love that. Let's do it. <laughs> Calgary Flames have been dropping off the map. Unfortunately, the Wild are still in second place. Hopefully maintain it. Three points ahead in the Dallas Stars, which sounded unheard of not too long ago. But thankfully, as things as bleak as things looked, thankfully we were still fairly close. Michael Stone is on injured reserve. Oliver Clinginton, Clinginton, Clinton, Clinton, 
yeah so interesting thing going on there um uh, with uh visa i suppose 15th and goals is calgary stick 15th and goals against they're kind of like right in the middle right in the middle power play they're 20th 14th in the penalty kill 24th in penalty minutes and the flames lead the series so far we're going to be playing them twice which will wrap up the season series can the wild come back and win this series against this struggling flames team it's a golden opportunity to bury the Calgary Flames, as a lot of people are saying. And, well, of, of course, if you're going to knock somebody out, you're going to make the playoffs, and you go head-to-head against a team that you could potentially be competing against to make the playoffs, this is how you do it. You beat them head-to-head. Is it going to be a split? Probably. It's probably going to be a split, because that's just how it is. It'd be nice if the Wild come out and beat these guys, but I don't know. As to what happened to Jacob Markstrom... I have no idea. Last year, he was elite. He was a star. Calgary looked great. They had that incredible series of the Dallas Stars. And they had, it took them 70 shots to finally, 70 plus shots to finally beat the Odinger of the Dallas Stars. Markstrom was, after that, Markstrom kept getting more and more mediocre and they couldn't beat the frickin' Edmonton Oilers, which is like, you know, it was like Calgary was finally going to go to the West Finals again for the first time since it was the Campbell Conference Finals. Okay, no, it was, it was the West Finals by uh, 2004. Sorry. Before that. Yeah. <laughs> Calgary doesn't make the West Finals very much. Campbell, Campbell Conference Finals against the North Stars in 81. It feels like it's been that long. Almost. Uh, Daniel Vladar has emerged as an okay, solid backup. 12-6 and six record. His record is better than his overall numbers. I mean, 2.9 goals against average. Save percentage, 89.4. Markstrom is getting paid well and was so good. But now he's starting to look like Markstrom of Vancouver again with the high, you know, goals against average and the high twos and save percentages hovering around 90. In fact, 88.7 is putrid crap for what he is supposed to be. Um, and then last year he was like the best goalie in the league until the playoffs. And then Edmonton started scoring goals and scoring goals. It's like, dang, look at Calgary. They scored nine goals. And then Edmonton just kept scoring and scoring and scoring. It's like, Okay, can you can you like stop? Can you get the can you tighten the hinges a little bit? Like, come on, guys! And it just kept getting worse, and Markstrom kept getting worse, and he hasn't really been the same since. And I don't know. You can tell it's disappointing. Uh, Boston and Calgary. What a sweet Stanley Cup final that could have been. Ugh. But uh, Boston beat Calgary four to three recently. Maybe I'll try to stay away from the recent games, but maybe the most recent one. Yep, beat them four three in overtime very recently. Entertaining, entertaining battle. Toronto-Calgary coming up. That's fun. I like Canadian hockey, damn it. And if you if you hate seeing Canadian teams in the Cup Finals once in a while, I don't understand why that is. Like, ha-ha, no Canadian team made the playoffs. That's that's a good thing? That's a good thing? Well, oh, Canada, back at you. Even though I'm not from Canada, there's got to be some Canadian hockey in the, in the playoffs, right? That's bad. Tyler Toffoli rolls right off your tongue. 25 goals, 28 assists, 53 points. Not sure that's what they were looking for, though, when they made all these sexy acquisitions, including, again, Markstrom at goaltender last year, but Nazim Kadri, Jonathan Huberdeau, you know, I mean, it's just not happening. 45 points for uh, Kadri in 61 games, Huberdeau 40 in 58 games. Uh, only 12 goals for uh, Huberdeau, who's had some great moments in the past of Florida. Something's not happening, and of course, the way that uh, Mr. Uh, Sutter, Sutter is not handling, not Suter. Sutter is handling the uh, the young guys in Calgary. I've heard a lot of rants and frustration. But I think the Wild split with the Flames, I do. Because it's just, when have the Wild dominated Calgary? Like, the first season, 2000, I think, we dominated Calgary. 
they were last, and we were like second last because they were putrid around that time. A couple years later, they were in the cup finals, and we weren't, basically. Let's just leave it at that. Um, Calgary's been a thorn in our side for all eternity, unfortunately. So it's just reality. Reality setting in. Um, the Flames did win 5-3 to three back on December the 5th. It was a pretty good butt-kicking, unfortunately. Five goals. Ugh. Five goals. Was this when Gustafson was considered just a guy, or was he already starting? To, yeah, it was Flurry, And Vladar got the win there, one of the wins for them. Three assists for Elias Lindholm. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think Calgary wins the one in the Saddle Dome and the Wild win in uh, Excel Energy Center because it's a home away thing. Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Excuse me. I don't want to be, I don't want to leave out their, their, you know, huge sponsor there. Scotiabank. Saddle Dome, Calgary wins, unfortunately. Final score, 3-2, to two, something like that. 3-2, to two, maybe it goes to shootout and the Wild squeak out a point, which is okay. But either way, the Wild do not get two points. The Wild maybe squeak out one versus Calgary, which would be really big, actually. If you, if you lose, at least you get a point out of it. But shootout, overtime, everything. Calgary wins 4-3. to 4-3, to three. I think that's going to be a higher scoring affair. Come back to the XL Energy Center on... Pardon me. For the season wrap-up, you quickly go into the season wrap-up a couple days later in XL Energy Center. Both games will be, ES- well, I guess every game is ESPN Plus for the most part, except for the TNT games. <laughs> um, this is on the 7th of March, thankfully. <laughs> Getting closer and closer to spring here. The Wild will win this one. I can see Gustav, well, this might be flurry. Maybe this is going to be going reverse, because I can imagine Gustafson being in that versus Winnipeg, at Winnipeg. Mm, because this is a back-to-back. Well, either way, I think the Wild split. Who's to say Fleury can't have a good game against Calgary? He didn't last time, unfortunately. But I think he's going to be a net for one of these games. Either way, I think the Wild split with Calgary. 4-2 to win in this one. Maybe switch it with the other one. I don't know. But I, I believe the Wild do not win on the road in Calgary. But win at home. That's just my guess. Um, the Wild almost never win in Calgary, ever. So that's how I'm seeing it. Four to two win though, home win versus the Calgary Flames. If it's Flurry and that, that's fine. Maybe it's four to three. It's a higher scoring one again, but it's going to be probably it probably is going to be something like that. Kirill Kaprizov, no, Matt Boldy has two goals versus the Calgary Flames. Breaks out of his slump with a multiple goal game, three total points. There's your same game parlay for hockey. Um, Wild win four to three, multiple goal, three point game for Matt Boldy. Now we get to talk about the Winnipeg Jets a little bit who just acquired Nino Niederreiter. Woohoo. <laughs> Mikhail Granlin's off to the um, Pittsburgh Penguins. Kind of cool. Kyle Connor leading the uh, Winnipeg Jets and scoring with 67 points, 27 goals, 34 goals over Mike Sh- Mark Scheifel. Pardon me. 20 assists. So he's got 54 points. Low on the assist total. Dubois, who was an addition a few years ago. Uh, 22 total points for him. In 60, did I say 22? 55 total points for him in 60 games. Good job, no doubt about it. Uh, the goaltending, Connor Hellebuck, has had some great runs there. Uh, David Redditch has had less of a, you know, he has less of a role there versus Calgary, and he's doing better. 2.47 goals against average. In fact, you might even sign him on fantasy if you're really desperate for a goalie. It's pretty good. Uh, no shutouts, but Hellebuck has three on the season. 2.52 goals against average. Saber percentage of 9, 9.22. Awesome. Nino Niederreiter's already played his first game for the um, Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Christian Raquel 
son of Robert Raquel, former Calgary Flame star years ago. Winnipeg Jets, 19th in goals. Why am I on the wrong page here? I apologize. Let's fix this real quick. This is, again, a back-to-back. -back. I'm guessing Gustafson will be in net for this one. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois out for the 20, uh, game on the 28th, but I'm sure he'll be back. Cole Perfetti out at least eight weeks, so he's probably not going to play against the Wild. Out at least eight weeks as of February 21st. 19th in goals of Winnipeg, 7th in goals again, so they're just like us in that sense. Power play 15th penalty kill, 2nd. 2nd. Uh-oh. <laughs> that might not be a good formula there for us. 14th in penalty minutes. It is, uh, the Wild have beaten Winnipeg this year. We've beaten the crap out of Winnipeg this year. 10-2 to 2 so far. Unfortunately, <clears throat> this one's in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Happy 45th birthday to my brother already. 45. I turned 44 in July. Man, we're getting old, aren't we, Derek? Yep, all, all of us. Yep, we're all around that same generation there. Generation X, Nintendo, Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo, you know, that generation, maybe some Atari when we were real young, you know, one of those. And television, yeah. Six to one, four to one victories for Wild, the Wild earlier this year. One of them was in Winnipeg. Four to one win on December 27th. Very impressive showing. So I like the matchup this year so far. Winnipeg has lost four games in a row, interestingly enough. They've been getting their asses handed to them, actually. I don't think Nino Niederreiter is going to save the day. Man, they've been getting their asses handed to them. 2-1, 5-1, 4-0, and then 6-5 versus L.A. recently. So, hopefully the Wild can continue to uh, beat the Winnipeg Jets. I'm going to step out in faith and say the Wild beat the Winnipeg Jets. In fact, we're doing better than they are right now. They've dropped way down. Well, they're two points behind us, but technically fourth place in the division. Interesting. They're all the way down to the Wild card, which a lot of people would have thought that's where they belong anyway. They're, they're not that good. They have a lot of talent. Cole Perfetti is over a half a point a game, maybe two, two out of... Uh, like three goals in five games type of thing, or three points in five games is a more accurate uh, description. Nate Schmidt's been mediocre for them, generally speaking. Certainly not as good as he was at the uh, Vegas Golden Knights a few years ago. He was, you know, he was, he was better. Uh, it's a better fit there. Uh, Winnipeg is kind of up and down. They're dangerous at times. They can be really tough. They can really shut you down. They can beat you up. But sometimes they just stink, and the Wild take advantage, and that's what we're hoping for in this one. Overall, I think the Wild take a 3 nothing lead in the season series. Yes, I'm stepping out in faith. And then we have our uh, season wrap-up on my old cat's birthday. No, it's not. April 11th. Tuesday, April 11th, coming up in about a month. Uh, but the Wild will officially clinch the season series versus the Winnipeg Jets with, you guessed it, 4-2. to two. I say that almost every every single show. 3-2. to 3-2. It'll be lower scoring. I don't expect a super high scoring game. It might even be 2-1. to one. I don't think we're going to see 6-1 or 4-1. to one. But something like 3-1, to 4-2, to 3-1. We'll say 3-1. to one. The Wild win the game versus the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, Kaprizov will obviously score again. I, yeah, I, I think Kaprizov will score a goal for sure in this game. But um, yeah, Kaprizov, Zuccarello, I think will be big factors in the win. It'll be one of those type of things where they both have multiple points in the game. And the Wild end up getting the victory. And Gustafson, if he is in that, continues to dominate, giving up only one goal against the Winnipeg team that's suddenly struggling. So, good good for us. Good for us. The Wild end up uh, going 3-1 and one in a week and might even get 5 out of 6 points again, which would really catapult this team quite possibly into first place or really breathing down Dallas's back for a division championship? Are you kidding me? The Wild winning the division? That sounds impossible. But when you get great goaltending out of Philip Gustafson to the level that he's bringing, 
You might win your division. You might go on a playoff run. That that means something. Let's get to the uh, prospects, if humanly possible. Oftentimes it's not for me because I screw around too much. As per usual, I like to open things up with Brock Faber of the future national champion Minnesota Gophers hockey team. Now with four goals and 18 assists in 31 games, multiple point weekend again. Last week he came in with three goals and 17 assists, one goal, one assist. The Minnesota Gophers continue to be the best team in college hockey pretty much outside of Quinnipiac, which could win their first national championship this year. Hopefully the Gophers are able to deny that and get their sixth. But if somehow the, the Gophers are not in the National Charities Agreement, Quinnipiac is, I'd probably cheer for them. Probably. I'm not going to root for any Minnesota State Mankato. Uh, you know why? Because they talk too much. They talk too much. <laughs> That's why. Like, ha, ah, look at you guys. Look at you guys. You lost. Nah, 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 nah. Like, do we do that to you? And if some of us do, shame on you. Don't, what's the point? You've won five national titles. Why do we got to... Why do we got to show off at a at the at University of Mankato? There's no point. And frankly, obviously, Mankato's beaten us multiple times in the tournament and all that and given us hell. But they talk too much, so of course I'm not going to root for them. Go Quinnipiac to win your first national championship, say if that was the situation. But Mankato State's having a down year, so we don't have to hear too much from them right now. I'm sure they'll be back very soon. Gophers, it took a while, but we are hardcore legit now. Best top line in all of college hockey, and Brock Faber is one of the most promising defensemen in college hockey. Not dominant, not crazy, but just high IQ, good solid defense with a little bit of offense, and he's definitely showing more offense this year than he did in previous years, and he's about as mature of a guy as you'll ever hear. He sounds like a Minnesota Wild veteran. That's what he sounds like when you hear him talk, and he's 20 years of age coming out of Maple Grove, Minnesota. Very cool. Liam Ogren. Liam Ogren. Now let me get to the draft here to draft the former draft again he's now at 18 points it took it took 20 years but he's at 18 points so good for him in 33 games 10 goals and eight assists for liam olgren ugrin ogren ogren coming out of sweden hockey all svistan uh danila Yurov. hope i'm pronouncing that yeah i think so for some reason i can pronounce russian pretty well other others not so much so <laughs> spechik see that one i used to say spacek I used to say SpaceX. That's pretty bad, huh? It's really bad. It's terrible. Um, it, it is. <laughs> MHL, 12 goals, or 12 games, 4 goals, 11 assists, 15 total points. And uh, KHL is no longer there right now, but he had 12 points in 59 games, 6 goals, 6 assists. Danilo Yurov, obviously super young, but at age of 19, um, obviously super, super good to be, uh, getting the, to getting, to be scoring points in the KHL at that age. I think it's insanely impressive, so... All, uh, all major respect to what uh, Daniel Yurov has been able to accomplish with uh, in the KHL, despite the fact it's you know it's not it's not high scoring. But what do you expect? Do you expect him to go out there and destroy everybody? Who's Nadinov again? Nope, unfortunately, <laughs> no more points in this one. 63 uh, games played now, 11 goals and 30 assists, and of course an elite skater, really strong defender. But now he's showing serious offense. Whereas uh, just as recent as last year, he only played 32 games, of course, had that injury, and uh, 12 total points. He had that shoulder injury, but he sure as heck looks better now. He's taking that big step forward, and good for him, very much so. Adam Beckman's been up and down with Minnesota, and unfortunately, I doubt he'll be back with the Wild this year with these amazing acquisitions we've made, just huge. Well, they were acquisitions. They weren't amazing or anything. Um, should keep an eye on this waiver wire, or not waiver wire, but trade conversation looks like nothing at the moment 
except David Pasternak or Pastern Pasternak eight-year contract extension with the Bruins. So the Bruins are doing all kinds of interesting stuff at the moment. Um, yeah, <laughs> they they might they might finally get another cup again. We'll see how that goes. Sorry, minor distractions here. The Iowa Wild just ugh, they have been really bad. One nothing, two to one, one nothing lost, one nothing lost, two to one, four to one. They can't win. They just cannot win, and they can't score. You think the Wild are having trouble scoring? Yeah, they are. But Iowa's even worse. Iowa's even worse, and their goaltending's not nearly as good. I have nothing against Jesper, Jesper Wallstedt or Velstedt or Zane McIntyre. At least I can say that one correctly. But they haven't. They certainly haven't been as good as uh, Philip Gustafson. They're pretty much Mark Andre Fleury-ish, especially McIntyre, unfortunately. Uh, Jesper Volstead somewhere in the middle, but when he's at his best, he's phenomenal. Obviously, he's super young, so <laughs> goaltenders take a little longer to develop. He's he's super duper young, but apparently everybody's taking a long time to develop. Marco Rossi is no longer a point a game guy. He's four points behind the the games played now. He hasn't scored in forever. Actually, he did get an assist this week, but that's it. Ten goals now so far. Ten goals and twenty two assists for Marco Rossi. Rossi. Nicholas Patan's uh, hot streak has vanished off the face of the earth, though he's still a point a game. That's how far ahead of that he was for a time. Sammy Walker, has uh, the shine has worn off a bit as well there, unfortunately, which is a damn shame because who who's rooting against Sammy Walker? Anybody out there, if you dare to raise your hand when I say if, <laughs> who's rooting against him, I have no idea what's, what's wrong with you. Uh, Nick Sweeney, about a half a point a game. You know, 23 points in 40 games. At least he's healthy. He'd missed a significant amount of time. Beckman's been up and down with the Wild. He's probably been the hottest player for Iowa. And taking him out of the lineup, I'm sure, didn't help. But, well, he's going to be there now. Like like it or not, he's going to be in Iowa. So, um, at his age, I guess it's okay. You know, he's, what, 21? So, still got time to develop, thankfully. Sammy Walker's 23, though. So, like how they say, uh, Brandon DeHame is kind of, kind of like secretly older. Or he, he's quietly old, or whatever the word is. Deceptively old despite the fact he just got to the NHL. So it could be a similar situation to Sammy Walker coming to the NHL someday. But Iowa has been awful. 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 Okay, let's let's hear from uh let's hear from the twins manager talking about how Iowa's been lately. It's fucking awful. 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 In every possible way. That was Rocco Beldelli um, chiming in on the Iowa Wild situation lately. So <laughs> Sorry, I, I had to do it. It's the way it is. So, clock's ticking. I better get moving. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. I'm up against the clock, unfortunately, in some of these mornings. And that's just a harsh reality of life that we all face. Um, yeah, Brian, yeah, I don't even need to get into some of the Iowa players. It's been, they just, they haven't been scoring at all. And they haven't really been looking, they haven't been t- looking terrible necessarily. But just overall, it hasn't been a good situation. Generally speaking, hopefully Pavel Novak continues to recover. Obviously, I haven't talked about him in a long time, and I'm sorry. No disrespect, certainly. Nate Benoit. Nate Benoit. We'll see if he has a chance. He's got four points in six games of the Waterloo Blackhawks. He's been uh, definitely (laughs) all right. More than half a point a game for the Waterloo Blackhawks. Maybe it's one of those crazy things like Hunter Haight getting traded to the Saginaw Spirit. Wow, Nate Benoit with four points in six games? <laughs> okay, that's 
surprising. Josh Pilar's gone. Yep, of course. Which organization? No, it doesn't even say. But he finally came back and had a point. But he's been disappointing. So I don't think anybody's crying about him leaving. Carson Lambos. Carson Lambos again. I, I think if the Wild trade one of the uh, higher-named defensemen in the in the grapevine, I have a feeling it's going to be him. But we'll see. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he ends up having a wonderful career for the Wild. Or, or he ends up being quite mediocre. But 44 points in 50 games. He's behind last year's pace, which I don't think anybody wanted, but he's behind last year's pace, at least in offensive scoring. Probably looking to play a little better defense, which I suppose, but I don't know. Nobody's really flying off their chair about Carson Lambos at the moment. Jack Pert has certainly taken a step forward. His plus minus is much higher than last year from 5 to 13, and he's had 23 points now in 17 games with 21 assists versus 15. Still at two goals, of course, but uh, Looking to get into the uh, college tournaments here now. So very exciting. Very exciting for college hockey fans, including myself. Uh, Kadian Bankier steps forward this year, no doubt about it. Significantly less games and has already eclipsed last year's point total at center for the Cam Looms Blazers. Um, I thought, I really thought that Pilarwa might end up being the better of the two, but not true. Bankier, good job. And the Wild took him higher than Pilar. Um, 44 games, 30 goals. Amazing. 32 points. Great season for him. Kyle Masters, again, the guy that took the unbelievable step forward this past year. It's, I, I just, you know, it's so cool to see this kind of thing happening to a guy that looked like he was a dark horse at best. And he's only 19 years of age. Of course, that's why he's in juniors. We'll see how he, uh, we'll see how he adjusts to the AHL possibly going into next season. As he will definitely be 20. Yep, he's turning 20 on April 9th. So we'll see how he adjusts to the AHL next year, hopefully. probably Hopefully not the ECHL. I don't think so, not with the way he's playing. A guy who, in 65 games last year, had three goals, 11 assists, 14 points. He was a plus 24, so that's good, the Red Deer Rebels. But with Kamloops this year in 54 games, he has 56 points. 10, 10 goals and 46 assists. He has been insane. It is the juniors. It is the juniors, but... <laughs> To go from 14 to 56 in less games, I, I just I can't say enough. He has been the biggest surprise for me in the in the prospect circle this year. Absolutely wonderful. Hunter Hate continues to be over a point a game with a second on Spirit. Again, not quite as red hot as he was at the beginning. He's got that red, red hair as well. We'll see how he does. I like him. <laughs> I like him coming in out of Ontario there. He's super young guy, age of 18, <laughs> 36 points in 13 games, 22 assists. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, hope, hopefully he continues to play at that high level. Regular Lorenz, yep, again, playing in the bottom six, bottom three for the defending national champion, Denver, who I hope loses in the first round if they're in the tournament. I think they will be. Yeah, they're, they're ranked, right? So hopefully they lose in the first round. No offense, Regular Lorenz. I just don't like that team. <laughs> Michael Milne, of course, is Iowa. Yep. Ryan Healy with Harvard. Again, defenseman, right shot defenseman, playing more of a stay-at-home game in his freshman year with eight points and 29 games played. A plus one for Harvard, as uh, he didn't fare super well with the USHL, USHL before, but, you know, he's kind of holding his, he's holding his own as a freshman so far for Harvard. Um, Spachek, he's certainly quieted, but still great numbers. Still great numbers, generally speaking. 47 uh, games, he's got 35 assists, 44 total points, nine, nine goals. For David Spachek, he's been wonderful overall. Generally speaking, a nice story. And hope he continues to uh, head in the right direction. Similar for uh, Petrovsky. He's, he's taken a step back. I think Spachek's actually kept pace a bit better 
considering the fact Spachik is a defenseman. Uh, offensively, he's able to do as well as he has. Where uh, Petrowski playing a center position, he's certainly quieted down. Uh, he's actually right about at last year's pace, maybe slightly behind. So that's unfortunate. 49 games, 44 points with 21 goals there so far. So that'll wrap up the prospect segment. Again, I'm not a super prospect expert, but I like to keep up with them as best possible and see how guys are keeping up with their their pace from the years before and how many steps are taken forward. Kyle Masters has certainly been the biggest surprise and uh, the best story this year, no doubt about it. With that, we'll take a quick break and get to fan interaction. Unfortunately, no Raycon ad, but hopefully we'll get that back soon. Quick message from Derek. I, th- I hope he doesn't mind. Yeah, it's nothing like too crazy. He says, in my opinion, Felino has almost been worse simply, you know, him versus Greenway because I think most of us had higher expectations for him. We thought he'd yeah, we'd see some regression, but he's slipped in a lot of ways. My guess is we'll hear he's hurt some way, but who knows? Yeah, he has been a huge disappointment. There's just no doubt about it. But remember, hashtag BTWMN as we head into fan direction right away here. We're right away. It looks like uh, Derek Felska has a poll up. I'm going to read this real quick. So the narrative being sold is the Minnesota Wild couldn't keep Fiala because they had to keep Boldy. This will probably be uh, skewed given hindsight, but here it goes. If given a choice between Fiala or Boldy, who do you keep? That's a tough one. I'll probably go with Fiala. And Boldy wins dramatically. I went with Fiala to see what would happen. Uh, some people actually pick neither. 2%. Boldy wins in a landslide. And you know what? I hope you guys are right. I really, 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 really hope you guys are right. And thank you for hashtagging BTWMN, Derek. That's actually really cool of you. Um, yeah, so this is part of the show. 70.6% goes to Boldy in a landslide. Landslide victory for Matt Boldy, and I hope you guys are right. I want that to happen. Right now, I'm picking Fiala at the moment, but I'm probably, I'm hopefully probably going to be wrong now that I'm babbling way too much again. Another poll. How many impact players? Yep, there's another poll in the hashtag BWO, man. Yeah, keep doing that, Derek. I like that. I can read these polls on the air, too. Um, two days left, actually, on this poll. You can still vote. How many impact players of the Minnesota Wild away from being a Stanley Cup contender? At Crease Assist, uh, at, excuse me, at Crease Podcast, not Crease Assist, at Crease Podcast. So I think I said that wrong in the last show. I apologize, Derek and Kalisha. I, I do. And uh, uh, Teresa Ferries as well. That's uh, Derek's wife. Uh, hashtag BTW, man. Hashtag Crease Assist to get interacting with his show. How many contenders are, are we away from being a Stanley Cup? Yeah. How many impact players are the wild away from being a cup contender? I picked three or four, and that did win in a landslide. 54.4. One one to two players away got 35%. Five or more got just under 10%, and then none where we we already are got 1%. So somebody actually said that. Okay. Um, And you know what? I I guess. (laughs) Tom Han. Tom Han jumping on board saying, Currently, the top eight in the West are separated by six lousy points. Ludicrous to state. Uh, the Wild does, ludicrous to, uh, to state the Wild doesn't have a chance, but either way, the team needs to add a score. 
or the likes of Boldy, Felino, Greenway need to get their collective heads out of their arses offensively. And I said arse instead of ass because I'm just having fun here. There is a reply from Stephen Miller. Stephen Miller says, When was the last time a team of 26th in goals per game made a deep playoff run? Uh, I would not be shocked if it's happened, but it's rare. Uh, Tom Han responds with, Hence the point GM Bill Guerin needs to add a score or the aforementioned players need to pick up Pick the bleep up, basically. Okay, cool. Good conversation there. I was saying Marcus Johansson for a third rounder. He did nothing when he was when he was here before, so why would he do anything now? I uh, got one response at least. Derek says, "What an odd move. It's the kind of move when you have to when you have run out of ideas." Yeah, I mean, I was thinking, yeah, Marcus Johansson. He was terrible here, and it's not just because he was hurt. He was terrible, and I was saying that's exactly what I was thinking. It was, makes no sense. It's like Una reply after that, and Derek says, oh, this goes on for a bit here. Derek says, I can't imagine Marcus Johansson would be thrilled about being back considering how well it went the first time. <laughs> Mosey says, uh, no issues with this trade if the goal is to replace him with another current bottom six player who is not producing and taking up more. Yeah, okay, if you want to get rid of somebody. Derek says, we shall see. I just don't think it matters very much. Johansson struggled mightily to fit in with the Minnesota Wild here last time, and that wasn't that long ago. It was only 2021. Yeah. He hasn't fit with any team all that well because he's hurt a lot and inconsistent. Mosey continues to say, I'd argue that much of her bottom six doesn't fit with this team already and is struggling mightily, to put it nicely. I think the bar is pretty low for Mojo to be considered an upgrade to the bottom six. Derek wraps it up saying, I don't think it's an upgrade. It's just another similar cog more likely to leave you wanting and wishing for more. Yeah, I still don't know why you add Johansson. Nyquist maybe, but still pretty lame moves. I'd rather have the picks. At least there is a chance I could get excited. Yeah, because with the picks, let's not forget when anybody throwing away a fifth round pick. Not saying getting Nyquist is throwing away a fifth round pick necessarily, but but it might be. Where was Kirill Kaprizov drafted? Anyone? Anyone? You in the back? Uh, I think it was the fifth round, right? Yes, it was. You got it. Good job. Okay, so, sorry. Sorry, I know. I'm, I, I had to do that. Yep, so, <laughs> hockey is a game of, <laughs> when it comes to the draft, you just never freaking know. You could get the 27th pick, and he might be, um, who is that guy? <clears throat> that very forgettable player we got in the, uh, Brent Burns trade. I don't know why I'm forgetting. I'll probably be able to see it if I just scroll down a couple of things here. Okay, several. Um, where was he? Where was that stupid guy that we got? Where'd he go? Okay, there he is, Zach Phillips. Yeah, you could get Zach Phillips of the 28th pick. Zach Phillips didn't even come close. Or you might get uh, Andrew Burnett, who was taken in the ninth round, which no longer exists. You might get Lewis Nanny, who unfortunately is not Lou Nanny, it's Lewis Nanny. Yeah. No disrespect, Lewis, but he didn't make it. I didn't even, I don't think he even wanted to be in the NHL, it seems like. Um, you know, it, you just don't know. You might get Eric Halla. You might get Anthony Hamburg. So, it's kind of how it is. Didn't is, is Nick Letty as good as a 16th overall pick? Probably not. Tyler Kuma, held to the no. He played one game and had a penalty. That's it. Next, now I'm babbling and taking way too long again. <laughs> Da, da, da. That was good conversation, though. I was saying, thinking about trades. Da, da, da. Let's talk Minnesota Wild. 
Derek Felska lightning round is on. I need to get the sound effect. They're not too hard to find, actually. Marcus Johansson seems like a confusing retread of a player. Is there any former wild player that's still playing, not named Kevin Fiel or Brent Burns, that actually make a difference? I, I, there was a time forever I could have said Eric, uh, Eric Eric Halla, the guy I just mentioned. That's the one guy. Now I'm not so sure. He's kind of you know dropping off as well. Um, Nino Nino Ryder, no. Gronland, Grandland, maybe kind of, sort of, but not not really, you know? Maybe kind of, sort of, depending on how much you're giving up. Um, Nino Nino Ryder, no. Jason Zucker, eh, you know what I mean? <laughs> Nyquist, Nyquist, Zucker, Zucker, Nyquist, you know what I mean? Yeah, that kind of thing. Um, I'll just take Nyquist just to see, you know, something different. Um... Marion Gabrick for like the ninety for like ninety nine years, but of course, but then again, he was hurt way too much too, at best. Um, great question though; those are those are fun. Those are fun. <laughs> um, yeah, because guys that obviously aren't playing anymore, like Brunette, it was sucking. It was sucked. It sucked. Excuse me, seeing him go. Um, Alex Tuck absolutely is the top of the the list. Alex Tuck, but he was here for only a couple of minutes. Alex Tuck has got to be the winner there, right? It's got to be Alex Tuck. Like, oh. Oh my God! What a bad trade! <laughs> I want Alex Tuck. Imagine Alex Tuck with Matt Boldy, huh? Alex Tuck with Matt Boldy. I was just thinking about that last night and all that because I was having to put him on the frickin' injured reserve. Thank you very much on fantasy, and I'm like thinking, Alex Tuck. Wait a minute. Yeah, that's right. He could have been on the right wing, Boldy on the left. Let's go. <laughs> yes, let's go. It's Alex Tuck by a hundred by a hundred miles. It's got to be. Because, yeah, you look at all these others, and that's just draft picks alone, not like, you know, guys we signed as a free agent or something or made a trade for. But, yeah, draft picks alone. It's Alex Tuck by a mile that we had for a year, and he would look kind of soft and stuff. And then he tore tore it all up with Vegas and got even better with Buffalo. And I, I knew he would because of the kind of just bigger role. Anyhow, Derek Felska, lightning round. Patrick Kane. Patrick for Patrick, who had a hat trick recently with Chicago to raise his trade value or raise interest and all that stuff. Not that there really wasn't ever, uh, not that there was ever really a true lack of interest. Patrick Kane goes to the New York Rangers for a conditional second round pick and a few other items, reportedly because that was the only place he wanted to go. Do you think the Rangers are Stanley Cup contender now? Absolutely. Yep. I, I, I they, they should be. Um, I think so, uh, and and they and they also got uh, Tarasenko too. So uh, it doesn't guarantee anything. Um, it's it's kind of weird how Sheshkinton has Shesh Sheshturkin has <laughs> dropped off a bit this year. Halak is a solid backup, but he's ancient. Uh, they still have Panarin. They have Z, uh, they have Z. <laughs> they have Adam Fox, who's an incredible defense and Trocheck, veteran, good veteran. But now, you know Capocacco is now at a half a point a game. Lafanaire is about a half a point a game. Lafanaire, pardon me. Uh, Ryan Lindgren, former gopher. Nice player. But now you got bad Vlad. He's already... That doesn't make... It can't be. Has it been that long? It can't be. How long has he been... Has he been with the Rangers for 10? That can't be right. 10 games? That wasn't that long ago, was it? I guess. Uh, Jake Lestision, yeah, he's been unfortunately not so good. Um, but yeah, Patrick Kane, I mean, I think they're a cup contender, yes. Yes, they're third in the Metropolitan Division, but they're, they are a Stanley Cup contender. Uh, they were very much in it last year. 
Yep. But, I mean, obviously there's a lot of competition. The four teams in front of them and one behind them named Tampa Bay. And, you know, Pittsburgh just got uh, Mikhail Granlin. You know that, right? So, I'm telling you, <laughs> they just got Mikhail Granlin. That, that pretty much wraps it up. Pittsburgh wins this cup this year. They're going to knock Boston out in the first round, and they're going all the way. Not. <laughs> Not. Boston is probably going to choke sometime, but I don't know. I, I don't want them to, but they probably will. I don't necessarily want them to choke, but they probably will. Okay, I babbled too much again. When do the NA, uh, when the NHL playoffs roll around, providing the Minnesota Wild make it, do you, yeah, and, I, and I do think so now, do you think the organization is going to go back to the flower for the playoffs, or will they finally ride the Gus bus? They will finally ride the Gus bus. They will finally ride the Gus bus, God willing. And if they don't, they're idiots. <laughs> um, so Dan does say granny. Yep, uh, responding to that previous question about the former player you'd like to have on the Wild that would make an impact. Alex Tuck by a mile. The thing is, yeah, he's unfortunately he wasn't here that long. That's the problem. That's where people might forget or might not count uh, Alex Tuck. But for him, for me, it's Alex Tuck by a mile. He's the he's the love we lost in one of the crappiest trades in franchise history. But what what are you gonna do? It kind of was what it was. No, it was a crappy trade. That's all there is to say. Dumba or Alex Tuck? Ugh. You know, and Dumba looked so promising at the time, but isn't that always how it turns out? Like you have Tuck, he looks mediocre. Dumba was so good and promising. Dumba's never the same not long after that, and Tuck just explodes. Whatever. <laughs> Should have let Dumba go to Vegas. Hell with it and see what happens. Maybe he goes to the cup final and all that, and he probably would have, but yeah, because they went there. Anyway, Derek Felska says if Jordan Greenway was an automobile, <laughs> an automobile, huh? What would he be? What would Kirill Kaprizov be? What would Brandon Duhame be? What would Ryan Reeves be? Jordan Greenway would be one of the most... Uh, boy. He would be... Jordan Greenway would be like a Pacifica, like uh, SUV, where it has like no horsepower, even though it's 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 a larger vehicle. The, the SUV, the Pacifica SUV, my friend Marcus had one of those um, not too long ago. Has horsepower like less than a like a regular car. That's Jordan Greenway. <laughs> <laughs> Kirill Kaprizov would be a Ferrari something, like a high, the best Ferrari, basically. Like, the top-of-the-line Ferrari. I'm not a genius with some of those super sports cars, but, like, one of the top-end Ferraris, a McLaren, something like that. Brandon DeHaim, he'd be like a, you know, Brandon DeHaim would be like a, a pickup truck, like a nice Ford F-150, but eh, maybe not. He, when he's, well, maybe, yeah, Ford, because sometimes Ford stands for Fix or Repair Daily. So, yeah, because he gets hurt sometimes, and it's frustrating. Maybe he's like a Mustang in a... No, because yeah, Mustangs used to be really annoying that way, too. I used to see it that way. Like, it can be exciting, but can piss you off. Ryan Reeves is definitely a... Like a Suburban, something like that. Kind of slow, but big and slow, but absolutely can get the job done. That type of thing. He's, he's like a Suburban or a, or a Tahoe or something like that. Um yeah, Greenway. Greenway is that Pacifica SUV, though. Because <laughs> I, I, I can't call him like a Geo Metro. That would be more like James Shepard. Like a smaller guy that just doesn't do jack crap. <laughs> or Marco Rossi. Okay, no, 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 no. Marco Rossi, so far, the season in the NHL. Yes. <laughs> so far. But that's going to change, I would hope. <laughs> more like Tyson Jones would be more like a Geo Metro. <laughs> the him. Yeah, 
mm, yeah, something like that. Something kind of like a, a a pickup, like a pickup truck that isn't like a, not an expensive one though. Obviously, like a, maybe a Ford Ranger or something like that. Nothing super expensive, but like an older Ford Ranger kind of. Even though he's not old, but like, yeah, he's not high end. He's not expensive. Uh, Ryan Reeves would be like an old Suburban. Yep. <laughs> like that 89 Suburban my dad had forever that he sold for, I don't know, six grand or something like that. That's Ryan Reeves. Um, we'll continue. That was kind of fun. That was an interesting change there. Derek continues uh, with the Eastern Conference seem to be making the biggest trades. Yes, they have. <laughs> Trade splashes. Is there any team from the Western Conference that could challenge to win a, uh, to win a Stanley Cup or is it simply the East and it's just a matter of who gets there probably probably it's the East I mean uh, Vegas if they can get healthy I mean obviously they're well coached and all that Dallas 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 is probably still the most dangerous team in the West considering their goaltending and the veteran leadership and the you know and and, and you got Jason Robertson so it's Dallas and Vegas easily Dallas is probably the best team in the West still um Edmonton has Connor McDavid, who's got 100 million points this year, like uh, absolutely off the charts. And, you know, they have some okay players on that team besides him. Obviously, of course, Drysdale's way beyond okay, but I mean beyond those two, the Jordan and Pippen of the NHL or the Shaq and Kobe or whatever you want to call them of the NHL. Um, it's more like LeBron and Wade, actually. But, yeah, it's way up there. Um because Connor McDavid's not as good as Gretzky, but still, like, way up there. Um, and Drysdale's well beyond Pippen. Well, when, when Wade was in his prime and he was, like, a 30-point guy as well, that's kind of like that. And they have Ryan Nugent Hopkins having a great year. Um, I don't think they're a cup contender. It's Dallas. Dallas is the only team in the West, I think, that could possibly win the Stanley Cup, I think. I don't think Vegas will, and I don't think uh, anybody else. Otherwise, it's the East. Lightning round. This is a big one. Woo! And I like it. Not many teams are lucky enough to find Butch Goring at the trade deadline that helps propel a team to uh, being a Stanley Cup winner. Which trade this season do you think has the best chance to be that kind of move? Okay. Oh, I wish I didn't close that. Damn. It might be the Patrick Kane move. It, it really might be the Patrick Kane move, I think, with the New York Rangers. That's probably the closest thing at the moment. Um... I, I, I'm leaning that way. Uh, that might be kind of like the low-hanging fruit, and I apologize. It's not Gronlin. Uh, Bertuzzi to the to the, to the the Bruins from the Red Wings, I think, is another one, though. He's probably going to take off there. I mean, Boston is just, you know, they're so good right now. Um, they really are. Jacob Schickrin to the Senators. How, how good are the Senators right now? See, they're not even in the playoffs right now, but they're, they are five points behind. If Schickrin to the Senators could be a big help, possibly to maybe go towards the playoffs, and then he could be a long-term solution. Uh, Gots, Gots here for the, uh, yep, he's a good player as well. He obviously has some, uh, had some great moments. 31 points to the, uh, he, you know, he's, he's going to be a help for the Hurricanes. He's not the superstar, but he's pretty good. But I'm, I'm going to lean with Patrick Kane, no doubt, because he's, you know, I think that puts them way, way at the top of the... Uh, that puts them way up there. But, of course, the East is super good. Um, Basil McRae recently stated on Bar Down Beauties how much he loves seeing the Wild's retro-reverse sweaters besides the Wild. What other teams do you think should switch to the retro-reverse permanently? 
We have to reverse permanently. Oh man. Oh, I gotta bounce around real quick. I wish the Wild could. I would love that very much. I think Floridas are way, way up there. I think uh, Phoenix, excuse me, Arizona is way, way up there. Teams that I would not is New York Islanders. Even though it was an interesting rebrand, but eh. And the Rangers, it's just, I don't know. Eh. Pittsburgh, eh. I like their, yeah. Because their, their current ones are more retro than their other ones. Uh, Dallas. Dallas is way on the list. Dallas, yep. Even though it's a painful memory for a lot of us. It does bring back fond memories of the, the, you know, unfortunately the final days in the early 90s. Dallas, Winnipeg Jets, yes, definitely those because that's the classic look. A lot of teams, dang nabbit, I'm going crazy now. But it, did he say one single team? Probably, right? Uh, what? Okay, what other teams? Okay, good. So, yes, Winnipeg, yes. Dallas, yes. Florida, yes. Um, quite a few of them. Honestly, Nashville, no. Seattle, Seattle could consider it. Buffalo, no. I don't like that Buffalo head. I like the, the Sabre look better. Um, Winnipeg and Dallas are way at the top. I think Florida's, uh, and Florida and Minnesota, yes. Uh, I'm just going to scroll very quickly here. The auto ones are really good. Really, really good. I like that. Columbus, it looks the same to me. Big deal. The Calgary ones are really nice, too. I like it, but I like the super retro Calgary more. Uh, da, da. Yeah, Arizona was the other one that I really liked. So who was in last place? Last place they gave Tampa Bay Lightning? Yeah, it's I've seen worse than that. It's kind of weird, but I've seen worse. Um, they ranked Calgary 30th? Oh, come on. They're not that bad. Get out of here with that. <laughs> but yeah, Florida, Minnesota... Winnipeg, Dallas, for sure. And I think Arizona. So five teams. All right, cool. I love those kind of questions. Uh, and last one, I believe it's the last one from Derek, says, if the Wild had to give this year's trade deadline a catchy slogan, what would you give it so far? Take a chance on me? <laughs> take a chance on me, that type of thing. Or <laughs> yep, take a chance on me, like we'll see what happens. Or just, we'll see what happens. You know, one of those two. <laughs> Jay Bushy says, do I think Bill Guerin is done? No, no, I don't think so. I don't know if that was a direct question to me. It was like a response to other people. Oh, no, it was to me. Uh, he says, I should clarify being done. Being done with trades this season. Whoo, okay, I was like, no. Um, no, I don't. I think there's one more. I think there's one more. That's why I keep checking. Whew, sorry, I was like, fired? No, <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. That was a good clarify, actually. Um, boy, am I up against the clock, and I've dragged this long, and it's my, my own fault. 100% my own fault. Uh, nothing new showing up here. Keep going up. I think we're almost there, though. Yep. Okay, yeah, good. Uh, good in a way. Obviously, love hearing from you guys, though. I, I love hearing from you. It's my own fault for taking so damn long. Jay Bush, he's, yep. Uh, excuse me, he, that was his response. Brian Herrera says... Looks like Billy wants to keep Dumba for the rest of the season, but unlikely to resign him. Greenway is on his way out, it feels. How much turnover do you see this deadline in offseason? Offseason, I see significant turnover. It just kind of is what it is. Guys, like like you said, those two guys are not coming back. Uh, Steele's not coming back. Gustafson, hopefully the Wild can keep him. Uh, he's having a hell of a season. Nyqu it's, it's interesting when you see Nyquist and Johansson aren't really paid that much. Isn't Johansson only making 1.1? Or is that, yeah, so it's nothing too crazy. Or maybe that's the remainder of this season, actually. But uh, we'll see. Um, it's not too much, though, generally speaking. Uh, 
But, yep, I, I do see significant changes, quite possibly a, a more significant trade of some sorts. Otherwise, bringing up young guys for sure because of the, the cap situation is what it is. But you will see more departures because of the cap situation as well, which will open spots for the Sammy Walkers, hopefully. Rossi, probably, and Faber, absolutely, with the Dumba being gone. Dumba's the other guy who's definitely going to be gone. Um, so I think you mentioned Dumba, though. Yes, you well, yeah, you said Billy, but yeah, or yeah, Greenway, but yeah, Dumba for sure. So, yep, yeah, and you did mention him. So that's what I see happening. Uh, major shout-outs to everybody, and thank you so much. Uh, shout-outs to M&W Young Guns, always appreciated. M&W Prospects, huge huge appreciation. Pavel Burnett, Justin Bucky, Brennan Quast, you guys do an unbelievable job, and still still proud to be a part of, of your group and sharing and all that, and shouting out to you as much as possible and keeping up with the prospects. Uh, Minnesota Wild Global, Scott Cavendish, Chance and David Kostick, Kathy Main, David Abraham, Michael Fick, Chad Walski, of course, and some other very nice people there. Patrick Turner out of Florida, love what, love your page as well. Thank you so much. Highly recommend you join both of those and interact with Minnesota Wild fans from Minnesota and everywhere else as well. <laughs> Thank you so much. Huge shout out to Derek Felska, of course, always. Crease, crease and assist and hashtag crease assist to get on his show hashtag bdwmn to get on this show and don't be afraid to hashtag both like 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 derek has done at times which i think is totally cool that's awesome so <laughs> yeah huge huge support to crease and assist podcast major major justin baki is also a part of the sound the foghorn podcast so yep does an awesome job awesome and a really nice guy as well um, can't say enough. Uh, thank you guys so much for the interaction and the wonderful show. Wonderful. And I apologize if I went on too much sometimes with some of the trades or just babbling like an idiot like I do sometimes. <laughs> I just love talking hockey. What can I say? With that said, we'll take a quick break and we'll find out in the next few hours or so if another player is gone and we'll talk about it in the next show. Mm-hmm. 